Hallelujah. Welcome to another session of the online Bible study. I want to greet I greet every one of us on the I uh, the uh, the Potter I I community platform. I hope we've been finding the materials, the teachings uh, very helpful to our spiritual groups. I hope we are utilizing those materials. Um, one of the things I want us to understand is that um, knowledge is very very expensive, and uh, when we find an opportunity, when we have an opportunity where knowledge, most especially the knowledge of the things of God, is being made available to us, uh, is important we, we cherish it. Is important we value it so as to get the best out of them. Okay, uh, whatever you don't value, okay, uh, you actually won't actually uh, be able to maximize whatsoever thing it has to offer to offer you. Okay, so it's important we value it. Okay, because if we don't value it, uh, it won't change your status. It won't change your state as a person. It will help you to grow. Okay, remember the parable of the swine of the pigs. Okay, when you cast your peers before pigs, okay, uh, it's going to uh, make a, a, an open show of it. It's going to waste it. Why? Because it doesn't understand the value of it. Even though this, the pearl is meant to beautify the pig, but because you cast it before an animal or a person or, 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 or a thing, an individual that does not understand the value of that pear, okay? Uh, the pear is not going to do that person any good, okay? So it's important for us to value it and treasure it because it's only by valuing what we have, what is the information of the things of God that is made available to us, that our lives uh, is, are going to, uh, is going to be changed for the better. Okay, so I want to encourage us uh, to value every godly content that is being made available to us on the platform. And I pray that God will bless us in the name of Jesus. I pray that God, by His own self, as we build His word, uh, uh, it will change us from glory to glory in the name of of Jesus. Alright, so tonight I'm going to continue you know, with the series I started last week. Uh, the topic which says, it is written the believer's guide to victory. Okay, It is written the believer's guide to victory. So today I'm going to be speaking briefly on the part two of it uh, looking at some other as- aspect or pers- perspective I mean other aspect of that topic which I, I feel or I believe strongly as the Holy Spirit has laid in my heart would help us. Okay, but before we go into the word, I want us to say a word of prayer briefly. Father, we thank you once again for tonight. Thank you for your word as comfort to us in previous times. Thank you for another opportunity to share your word together with God's people. Your name be exalted in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, as your word comes forth, we ask that you please open the heart of our hearts in the name of Jesus. Open the eyes of understanding of every listener in the name of Jesus. As your word is made available to us again tonight. Let it gain entrance in the name of Jesus. Let it bring forth light in the name of Jesus. And let our lives be transformed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, so very quickly, I'm going to begin this teaching because uh, I have quite a, lo- quite a number of things to speak to us uh, tonight, to uh, pass across to us tonight. And I really hope that God uh, by himself will help us. Okay, first, we must understand that God's written word is God's documented intent and plan for our lives. Okay, and as I said last week, what is written supersedes 
what the app, what uh, whatever happenings that we have around us, whatever thing that is happening around us, God's words supersede them. And this is because through God's written word, when we give voice to them, okay, uh, when we give voice to, to it, you can influence or change them. You can influence or change the circumstance or the situations around you. And like I told us last week, I said that the words of God primarily are given to reprogram or to create realities, to reprogram a, a situations, climates, atmospheres, or to change or to create realities, okay? So words primarily are given to change realities. And that's why, like I said last week, I emphasize uh, the fact that when God was about to create the world, when God was about to create something, he spoke. He said, and God said, and there was. And God saw that it was good, okay? So before God... Uh, for God to create anything, for God to change the situation of things on earth because at uh, in the beginning, God saw that the whole earth was without form and void. And to change that circumstance, to change that situation, God spoke, okay? So, you understand that words primarily are meant to create, okay, realities and to change circumstances, okay? So, and that's why I must understand that irrespective of whatsoever happenings that we have around us, through God's written word, okay, we can influence or change them. Heaven and earth will pass away, but none of his words will. And that's to tell us that God's word uh, will remain even after every other things actually have gone. Okay, And one of the things that shows God's sense of value for his word to us is documentation. God documented his word to us. Okay, as I'm going to see later, we saw that, I'm going to see that uh, true inspiration, okay, uh, the holy men of old, the apostles of old, the holy apostles of old wrote down the scriptures, okay? We saw through the life of Moses that God is much more interested in document, is more is very, very interested in documentation. And that was why when he was to reel out, okay, the templates that will govern the, the affairs of the children of Israel, he wrote it down for Moses. He didn't just dictate them, but by his own self, he wrote them down. And that's to tell you how far or how much God values his written word, okay? So God values his written word to us, and that is uh, exemplified through documentation of the scriptures, okay? Any ideology worthwhile is worth documenting, okay? You can't say you have an idea, you have a vision, you have something in mind, and that thing is important to you and you don't deem it free to put it down. I mean, then it's not important to you because even God writes, God documents, and that is evident in in the scriptures because those things were written for our examples, for our own learning. Okay, they were written by men of old. Okay, they were documented. They were documented from the lives of people for us to learn from. God actually saw the importance of documentation. Okay, God has an overall template for everyone. Okay, and those templates were actually picked. Okay, from the lives of the men of old through the help of the Holy Spirit, so we could learn from them and also uh, run with it, so we could see how God wants us to live our life and also run, okay, with it, okay. And it is all documented in His Word. This template is documented in His Word, so that He may run that reads it. It is difficult to pattern your life according to something or someone you can't see. Okay, so God understands this, and for us, for, for Him to make uh, 
living righteous very easy for us okay apart from the fact that we are changed on on the inside of us you know for us for 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 us to live a righteous life he created a template for us he says and that template is Jesus who is the word of god that's why he said it so said looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith the moment you take your gaze off Jesus then you will not be able to run effectively and that's why Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. The major man, the major example, the major template for you as, an, as a believer, as a person, as an individual, if you must run the Christian race effectively, is to fix your gaze, okay, on Jesus. You can't take your eyes off Jesus and run effectively, which is why one of the criteria for effectiveness or effective Christian living, okay, is focus. Because it is as we behold him as in a glass, we are changed from glory to glory, even by his spirit. It is as that means the moment you take your eyes off him, you begin to uh you begin to feel absorbed into the system of the world. You begin to 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 pattern your life according to the system of the world. When you look at the story of Jesus and Peter when he was about to walk on the water, when Jesus called him to walk on the water, okay. Uh he was able to do so because he fixed his gaze on Jesus. But when his gaze was moved off, when he lost his focus, when he began to focus on the wind, when he began to focus on the affairs of life, or when he began to focus on the systems of this world, because when you talk about water, walking on water, water could also mean men. Okay, when he talks about when 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 you when, when we when we begin when we talk when we. Uh, I tend to interpret it uh, uh, theologically. Water could also mean men. Okay, so to actually dominate in life, to work effectively in this world, okay, without being absorbed by the system of this world, without being affected negatively by the system of this world, you must keep your focus. We are meant to influence the world. We are meant to be light. Okay, but to effectively influence your world positively without being influenced, you must keep your focus on Jesus. And that's why the word of God says that the fire must ever must be burning on the altar, must ever be burning on the altar every morning. You, it must not go out. You must burn wood on your altar every morning. And that wood is Jesus Christ. Okay? It must ever be burning on the altar. It must not go out. The moment it goes out, the moment your focus is taken away from him, the moment you find it difficult to spend time with Jesus, the moment you find it difficult to study the word of God on a daily basis, then you begin to lose, then you begin to lose a uh, direction, then you begin to lose a uh, uh, balance, then you begin to thwart, you begin to shift away from the path that God wants you to walk in. So it's important for us. It's important for us. Okay? So secondly, what is written is written principally for our learning. What is written is written principally for our learning. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, Romans chapter 15 verse 4, Romans 15 verse 4 says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now, what is written, I want us to pay attention to the part which says we're written for our learning. For our learning. For our learning. The moment you got, the moment you get to a point where you think you are too big to learn, that you don't need to learn anymore. 
I mean, that you don't see the need to learn. The moment you get to a point that you feel too big to pick a book to read for your personal development, the moment you begin to get, the moment you get to a point where you feel you are too big to study, I mean, that the world, you don't need to study the world, that you can run your own life by yourself, then you begin to run into problems. Because the word of God is written for our own learning. Why so many can't represent God is because they are ignorant of his ways. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, God talking to his children said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, you now continue and say that because you have rejected knowledge, now you rejected it willfully. It was made available to you. God made his word available to us, okay, through his written word. But to reject it means to refuse to accept that he has given to us. Okay, because you have rejected him, because you willfully have ignored his writings to you, he will also reject you for being priests unto him. Okay, so when you refuse, okay, his ways, when you reject his ways, when you are ignorant of his ways, then you can't represent God effectively in your generation. And that's why so many so-called Christian children of God actually uh, can't really represent God in the present world. People find it difficult to pick traces of, of the life of Christ in them. Why? Because they are ignorant of his, of his ways. Okay? Uh, people, the unbelievers question their Christianity, question their sonship because they are ignorant of the ways of God. Now, the first point of call, therefore, if anyone is going to walk with God, is the call to learn. According to Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, 29, Jesus says that uh, come and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. Okay, say, my body is easy and is light. Say, take upon you my body. Come and learn of me. I know you are you are you are you are burdened with so much. I know you are going through so much. But if you are to if I'm to uh, you are to experience a change of story, if your life is to, is going to change, then it's going to begin from a point of taking my yoke upon you. It's going to begin from a point of walking with me. And if you are going to walk with me, you must you have to learn from me. So, if anyone is going to work with God, okay, the first point of call is your call to learn, okay, and if anybody is going to receive help from God, the first point of God or point of call is the call to learn, to learn, to learn, to learn, to learn. You must be willing to learn. You must be willing to receive. You must humble yourself enough. Okay, you can't represent God if you don't know Him. Before Jesus Christ could send the disciples out, He taught them methodically for a good three and a half years. Okay, even after He had taught them, when He was about to go, He said, Wait for the gift, for the promise of the Father, which is the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay, even when He, had, when he rose from the dead, He taught them for 40 days extra. That's to tell you the importance of training. So many people want to be used by God, but they don't want to be trained. So many people want to be used by God, but they don't want to They don't want to, to, to undergo training. They don't want to learn. They want to become a boss without an apprentice. So many people want to become an, a master without a servant. So many people want to become an apostle without, a, without being a disciple. It doesn't work that way. We must not ignore the place or the law of process when it comes to the making of a man in this kingdom. Okay, so before God can trust you and entrust nations into your hands, he must have subjected you to his trainings and tests to be sure you are able to mentor the nations after him. 
God won't speak to you at your level. He speaks to you at his own level or he will speak to you at his own level. And except you have an in-depth knowledge of who he is, which produces trust in his person, in his capacity, in his personality, it will be impossible for you to obey him when he commands you or when he instructs you as per, as touching any task or as pertaining any task that he wants you to do. Because when God speaks to you, I mean, his, his visions to us are usually bigger than what our hands can handle. If you have a dream, and you say if you say you have a dream of God, and it's something that is that is believable, then it's not from God. God will usually give you a dream or a vision that it takes only God to believe it. That even when others, when your colleagues hear about it, they will call you a mad person. Take for instance when Joseph dreamt. I mean, it was difficult for his brothers to even understand. I mean, it was difficult because at that point in time, it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So, when God gives you a dream, it takes God himself. It takes a, a resolute faith, a, a, a strong faith in God, in the person of God, which is rooted in your in, in, in deep knowledge of God to be able to believe him and obey him when he instructs you. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay? So, very quickly, I'm going to uh, discuss or explain five things uh five key roles of the scriptures okay among other things there are five major things uh we we can learn from the word or what is written okay we must understand from second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 that all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof number two for correction for instruction in righteousness all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for number one, doctrine, number two, reproof, number three, correction, number four, instruction in righteousness. That means whatsoever instruction that you get, it does not matter for uh, matter whosoever is giving that instruction. If it does not portray righteousness, if it does not portray the righteousness of God in Christ, okay, if it does not lead you on the highway of righteousness, then it is not godly. Okay, but then these are the few um four key major four key roles of the word of God in the life of a believer. Now, number one, when we talk about doctrine, doctrine is is uh picked or uh coined from the Latin word doctrina, okay, which means a set of belief systems. Okay, this is important uh as you are a product because you are a product of what you believe. Okay, the word of God says that as a man thinks in his heart. So easy, okay. So your belief system forms your personality, forms the result you get, forms your actions, forms what you do, and until God changes your mind, He can't change your life. And that's why Romans twelve two says that be ye transformed by renewal of your mind. Now, is for you to have a transformed life, for you to be changed as a person, as an individual, your mind must be changed. There must be a transformation of your belief systems. There must be a transformation of your of your thoughts, of your thinking. Okay, and in a bit to transform us to His very image, in a bit to walk here on earth, even as He, he is in heaven, He has made available to us kingdom ideas, kingdom principles, which if we are allowed to dominate our thoughts, will eventually become our reality. Number two, reprove. Reproof is an expression of disapproval. Okay, how do you know that what you are about to do or what you have done 
is not acceptable by God. How do you know that that decision that you're about to make is not approved by God? It takes a man who is close to God, to the word of God, to the written word of God to know that. How did Job know that uh, the action that his wife asked him to take was not approved by God. It was because he was a man, he was, he was close enough to God. The word of God says that he is a man who loves righteousness and eschewed evil. David says that your word have I hidden in my head and am I not sin against you. I mean, it takes you closeness to the written word of God to love righteousness and hate iniquity. It takes a level of closeness to the word of God. Okay, so how do I know that God disapproves of this decision? How do I know that God disapproves of this thing I want to do? Okay, it's through the written word of God. Romans 12, verse 2 in the English Standard Version says that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, so the word of God helps us to test, to know what the will of God is. It will be very difficult for you to know what the will of God is if you are ignorant of his ways. If you are not close enough to his word, you will be swept off your feet. Because what the word of God helps us to do is to test, to know. The word of God says, test all spirits. And the word of God is the yastic. Is the is the litmus paper that we use in testing if what this if the decision decision you're about to take, if the uh, the, the, the the advice you are, that you are being given is godly, is scriptural. That an advice is good does not make it godly. Okay, so the the major problem of believers might not actually be the being be the ability to differentiate between good and bad, but the ability to differentiate between good. And what is right before God. Because that if we, Romans 12 2 says that what is good and acceptable and perfect. That means it's not enough for you to know what is good. Okay, to know that something, but is he acceptable by God? Is he perfect? Is it the perfect will of God for you? John chapter 16, verse 8 to 10 says, And when he is come, talking about the Spirit of God now, he will reprove the world of sin. And of righteousness and of judgment. Verse 9 says, of sin, because they believe not of me. Okay? Verse 10 says, of righteousness, because I go to my father and he see me no more. Now, verse 9 says, of sin, because they believe not of me. Before the second coming, the rapture of the Lord Jesus Christ, the second coming of the raptors, chapter of the, of the Lord, before the rapture of the saints, okay? Everyone on earth will, will be ensured that everyone on earth hear about Jesus so that they, no man will be inexcusable. Okay? Everyone will not have an excuse of not knowing the truth. So the scriptures, the word of God, Jesus, which is a template, will be preached around the world to ensure that they are reproved, to ensure that they know what is right. Okay? from what is bad or what, what is not right, okay? So that at the end, no one will be inexcusable. So the word of God serves as a reproof, as a tool to reprove the word, to reprove you, even as a believer, to know what is right from what is wrong, to help you discern what is the perfect will of God for your life. Number three, 
the key role of the word of God is correction. To correct means to rebook. To correct means to make amendment. Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet this test? Say, so test yourself. The word of God is there to correct you. So you will say you don't know. If you are close enough to the word of God, when you make him, you say, oh, he convicts you. He corrects you. He tells you, say, test yourself. Tell yourself. Okay. Run this salvation rate with fear and trembling. Test yourself. Let him that takes his stand take it lest he fall. Test yourself. The word of God is there to correct you. Don't resist him. Be humble enough to receive with meekness the engrafted word of Christ. He's there to correct you. How do you know that you are not working in error? Go to the scriptures. Don't live life on your own. Let the word of God guide you. And that's the essence of the word of God to you. Number four, the word of God is there to instruct you daily. Do not lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge me in all your ways. God says in Proverbs chapter 5, and it will make your way prosperous. When you acknowledge him, when you allow him to instruct you, to tell you what to do part-time, don't be too big to be instructed. When you look at the story of the prodigal son, okay, the prodigal son, the, I mean, the, 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 the prodigal son feels too big to be under his father, under the watch of his father, and he left, okay? But when he left, he saw the other side of life. Spiritual maturity doesn't connote independence, to be, doesn't connote to be independent of God. Spiritual maturity connotes total dependency on God. When you look at the eldest son, okay, the eldest son, even though it was the eldest, through the wisdom of God, okay, or through wisdom, deem it fit or saw it or deem it fit to remain under the watch, under the guide, under the instructions of his father, because he's known that he knows that out of the watch of his father is destruction, out of his watch of his father. Is, is waste for him. The younger son wasted everything that was made available to him. Why? Because he refused to stay under the watch of his father. Instructions. Don't despise it. Seek instructions. It does not matter how little that decision might be. Seek God's instruction because his ways are always higher than our ways. Seek instructions. Don't be too big for God to instruct. You say you are spiritually matured, yet you find it difficult to listen to instruction. You find it difficult to seek his voice every morning. You are not matured. You are still a babe. Spiritual matured Christians are totally dependent on God. God will not ride a horse that is not yielded to him to battle. Lastly, admonishment. The word of God is given for admonishment. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11 says, Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for what our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. The word of God is written for our admonition, to admonish you, to keep you going, to encourage you in spite of what you are going through. The Holy Spirit comes and encourages you that don't give up. You are almost there. 
okay? That he that endures to the end shall be saved. That he that places his hand on the plow and look back is not worthy of feet of the kingdom or for the kingdom. Admonition. So when you neglect or when you ignore the word, ha, you are heading towards destruction. You are neglecting the glorious destiny God has in stock for you because the word of God says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. That means when Christ is not in you, when that word is not dwelling in you richly, in all wisdom, then you will inherit shame. So I want to encourage you, if you don't want to experience shame as a child of God, as a believer, let the word of God guide you. Let it serve as doctrine for you. Let it form a belief system. Let it allow it reprove to correct you. Let God instruct you and allow the Holy Spirit to admonish you, to encourage you through the scriptures. And as we do so, the Almighty God will help us in the name of Jesus. I pray that this word will not just will not fall on deaf ears or deaf ears. I pray that this word will not fall on rock, on the rock. But I pray that this word will fall on fertile ground in the name of Jesus. I pray that these words will bear fruit. They will germinate. They will become giant trees that even the birds of the air will come to, 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 to dwell, to abode on in the name of Jesus. I pray that for every listener, your life will be a testimony, a, a, a positive testimony, with testimony for others in the name of Jesus. I pray that you shall be a positive influence for others in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have praise. Thank you once again for joining me for the online Bible study tonight. I hope to see you next week uh, for another session. I also want to encourage you, please kindly refer people, kindly uh, uh, invite people to join the Potter Eye community because uh, we want more people to hear about God. We want more people to learn more about God. We want more people to be disciples because it's true uh, genuine discipleship that apostles, that strong men, giants, in the spiritual in spiritual things can be born thank you very much and god bless you